0: How often do you take time for reflection and celebration? Most of us are terrible at celebrating ourselves. Holidays, birthdays, sure. But celebrating ourselves, things that we've done or achieved, no. I'm not great at celebrating things. It doesn't come naturally. I don't throw parties. The closest that I come is inviting others to dinner out. I think it's about the feeling of pressure. I probably think there's some imaginary bar that I need to achieve things you're supposed to do for it to be a real celebration. But also I think that there's a way that I need to behave. Like I need to be properly happy and excited. What about celebrating or spending time noticing progress? Good things. Achievement of a goal. A job well done. When you showed up the way that you wanted to, mostly or even just some, when you figured something out, when you caught yourself with your hand in the potato chip bag as you were eating mindlessly instead of later? Or are you just simply on to the next thing, not really ever stepping out of that striving energy? But what if celebration is actually important? Not necessarily the party planning type of celebration, but what if stopping to recognize and acknowledge the good and progress steps in the right direction and small wins is really a helpful way for me to tune my brain towards the positive. To get a more realistic picture of progress on a project or goals or just something that I'm trying to do. What if celebrating is actually a tool that I can use to make myself more likely to achieve my goals or do the thing, whatever the thing is? Today, I'm offering you some reasons why you might want to consider adding a bit more celebration to your life. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're talking about the experiences of high-achieving men and women across industries and lifestyles who are at about the midpoint in their careers and are no longer willing to let life happen to them together, we're going to purposely create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, getting clarity on how we are creating the experience of our lives, how we're conspiring to keep ourselves stuck, identifying and articulating what it is that we really want for the second half of our lives and making a plan to achieve it. mean by celebration? In truth, I'm not talking about parties, though those are great too. I'm talking about celebration as an intentional practice of looking for and recognizing good things, progress, insights, even what appear to be negative things that are actually representative of progress or a way to move forward. Rather than blowing up balloons and yelling surprise, These kinds of celebrations may simply be about you smiling to yourself about something you've done. Taking a few moments to say, Yeah, I see that. Danielle Savory, she is the sex coach for women. On all of her coaching calls for both her groups and individual sessions, she first asks her clients to come up with something to celebrate. In the silence that results, women are racking their brains for some sign of progress. They're intentionally sifting through their days and lives to look for what is good, what might be good in the future, and what demonstrates movement in the right direction. And there is always something worth celebrating. This isn't about being positive all the time. In fact, I think it's a helpful expectation actually to assume that life will be a roughly even mix of good and bad all the time. But it is about purposefully turning our minds and our focus To the good things. So, why would we want to consider celebrating more? Our brains have a negativity bias. And this isn't an indictment of our characters or just the suggestion that we're all just naturally negative people. But rather, our brains have learned that it is more important for us to remember and be aware of things that are dangerous or that can cause us harm than it is for us to be aware of things that are good or pleasant. Both are important. But it's far more time-sensitive in the moment to recognize and run from a bear than that we remember which berries in the woods taste the best. But here's one of the things about our negativity bias. We don't really see it. We might sort of see it intellectually, realize that it's generally true about people and how they think. But when we turn the lens on ourselves and we're assessing our strengths and our progress, we think that we're honest or authentic, or my personal favorite, self-aware. All of this comes up as though our way to justify getting down on ourselves. We're just stating the facts. But I would encourage you to recognize that while you think you are somehow an unbiased observer of yourself, you are not. Without intentional intervention, our tell-it-like-it-is perspective likely skews negative but you don't have to run on default. You can do something about it. Purposefully thinking about the good and celebrating it will actually bring you closer to a realistic picture than simply allowing your negatively biased mind to just run wild. And that's just a one-off benefit. Look for Celebrate the Good at any time, in any place. We can change our brains. The good news is that our brains are malleable. We can practice looking for things to celebrate, like those women in Danielle's coaching group, and that practice will have an impact. Dr. Rick Hansen talks about how we can convert passing states into beneficial traits. We can develop a habit of looking for the good. We have years and years of practice and well-trod neural pathways established by looking for what's not right what's not working where we can learn something or need to improve what's dangerous what might go wrong in the future but we can also develop the muscle of finding more of what is working i was working with a coach mentor recently and he noted how quick i was to talk about what i might do differently in a session he suggested that for any coaching session that i choose to evaluate that i find 5 things i like or feel like i did well in the session before noting anything i'd like to improve And I can always come up with a few, and I know to do that first. So I do. I come up with a few. But to come up with five, that takes more thoughtful sifting and digging. And it feels awkward at first, silly, and maybe a little bit naive. That's because you're actually learning a new skill, and it always feels awkward to ask your brain to do something different. Celebrating also allows us to make faster progress. It allows us to take stock of our progress so that we can actually build from it, so that we can mine our success for insights to continue to drive us forward. When we dismiss our progress as unimportant, we make it less likely that we'll continue to build from there. I coached with a woman who was frustrated because she had implemented scheduling her time. So instead of having a to-do list of items that she wanted to accomplish, she set aside specific time on her calendar for each of those things she was going to do. And she had followed through about 70% of the time the previous week. But oh, what was wrong with her that she didn't follow through that other 25% of the time? Her brain, like mine and yours would be likely to do, was telling her that 75% wasn't good enough. And in order to improve that, her attention really needed to be focused on the 25% that went wrong. Rather than spending time figuring out what she was thinking and feeling that allowed her to stay on schedule 75% of the time. It's not just about the good feelings that come from recognizing that keeping your schedule 75% of the time is pretty dang good. But it's about recognizing how much information there is in that 75% of the time it can inform you about how to adjust the other 25%. Similarly, my coach mentor was asking me not to waste the data and and information about what I do well in sessions, to use it as a launch pad to continue to grow from. But this is very much in contrast to how we would show up off the cuff just in default. If there's something that we're pursuing, we have this idea that we need to stay on ourselves. We need to prod ourselves along a bit keep ourselves a little on notice lest we sit on our laurels, get too comfortable, and stop making progress. But actually, that skepticism can contribute to keeping us stuck. Because it is our feelings that drive our actions. Consider how you show up when you're feeling skeptical about something. I take a step back, emotionally or even maybe physically. I watch and see. I think that something has to be proved to me. I certainly don't dive in and make a commitment to ensure success. When you're celebrating what's working, what's gone well, or what you've learned, you are creating positive emotions. And these emotions are coming from thoughts like, I'm doing this. I'm making progress. I've made important changes. All of these thoughts create pride, accomplishment, and motivation to continue. Reminding yourself how far you have to go can create discouragement and down feelings. And we usually don't take productive and constructive action from truly negative feelings. But when we have these feelings, we want to allow them to just be there. Pushing feelings away creates a situation where they will come back with a vengeance but it's usually not these feelings the down feeling the discouragement that gets us moving in the right direction usually we transition to other feelings that results from new thoughts that we eventually begin to think for example we spent thanksgiving at my mom's my mom has a beautiful home but i had really never made note of how many mirrors there were i kept glancing at my own reflection in her house over the thanksgiving holidays And by the time I got home with my husband, I had declared an emergency. I was ready to start losing weight. The thoughts that came up when I looked in the mirror, and now y'all, you don't need to be concerned with me. I've got this and I'm taking care of myself. But those thoughts created disappointment, a little embarrassment, certainly surprise and even defeat. From a place of feeling disappointed, I was much more likely to go have another piece of peanut butter pie whether I wanted it or not. Once I worked through that discouragement and got to the other side and started having other thoughts, like I know what to do, I can take care of this, I'm ready to lose this weight for the last time. Then I felt empowered and strong and I signed up for weight loss coaching. So there's my secret, friends. I'm on a journey to change my relationship with food and how I eat in 2023. And I'm sure I'll tell you more about it, but for now, it serves as an example of the role of feelings of shame and disappointment and defeat, and how they actually don't spur us to the actions that we want to take. At best, they serve as a stepping stone, but at worst, they serve as a blockade. Most high achievers, though, are actually really good at taking action in spite of emotions like self-judgment, skepticism, disappointment, or even shame. We've had tons of practice. It's worked. We've pushed and powered through and done it in spite of. And this is where, if it works for you to beat yourself up a little bit and then go achieve your goals, and that's what you want to keep doing that works for you, that's great. That's up to you. But what I began to find is what got me here which was a little voice in my mind telling me to get my shit together not unlike the voice that declared my weight an emergency that voice was not going to get me to where i want to go next that voice that self talk it was creating a toll in the form of anxiety overwhelm fatigue and general overitness So, that's a bit of a rationale for why you might consider incorporating a bit more celebration in your life. So, what types of things can you celebrate? I don't think there's a drawback at all to being very liberal about what you choose to celebrate. Think about new habits, for example. You can celebrate starting a new habit, days on which you followed through with the new habit. This could be as simple as putting a bead in a jar or a sticker in a calendar. The writers who host the M Writing podcast talk about putting stickers on their calendars when they meet their daily word count goal and then they text each other pictures of their stickers at the end of the day there was a reason we got gold stars in kindergarten folks this kind of reinforcement works works better for those of us who might really like streaks which everybody's doing like the 30 day running streak or the 1 year running streak but if we have a habit that we don't want to do every day of the week Another liability about thinking about things in terms of streaks, how many days have I gotten up at 6 a.m., for example, is that it can start to work against you if you skip a day. You think of all those days before that you got up at 6 and now they're lost, you have to start back over at zero. And it becomes a lot easier to skip more days. If you're trying to lose weight like me, there are things to celebrate in addition to the number on the scale. Things like Deciding in advance what you plan to eat and following through on that. Not snacking, if that's something that you choose to make part of your weight loss plan. Allowing an urge to eat to be there without giving into it. Noticing mindless snacking earlier and earlier in the process, creating that awareness. Recognizing when you're eating because you're tired or you're bored or you're frustrated, but you're not hungry. Drinking enough water and getting enough sleep, both essential for weight loss. If you're performing or speaking in public or completing a project, you might celebrate those things that went well. I've talked on other episodes about being a bit of a nervous public speaker. And I gave a couple of talks recently that I felt very good about, I suspect as a result of the podcast. But it was more conversational and I relied far less on my notes. I was more comfortable overall. It was a far more enjoyable experience for me, even if nobody in the audience noticed that. So I want to notice and pay attention to those things for my next public speaking assignment and build on those. Now, I also know what I'd like to change and do differently next time, and it's hard for me not to tell you about that too. But the point of this podcast episode is to really find the wisdom and the information in what went well. It's also helpful to celebrate new insights, awareness, or understandings. I've kept journals for years and years, and rarely do I actually go back and look through them. But almost inevitably, if I do, I see myself discovering an insight years ago that I think I discovered more recently. Personal development, personal growth, it often involves traversing the same territory again and again from different angles. It can be wildly frustrating to think that you aren't making progress. You're still dealing with the same, quote, issues or problems or struggles. But celebrating allows you to see your progress, to see that you're now addressing the same situation from a different angle. You're learning something more deeply. You're progressing in a meaningful way. The things that we learn about ourselves are so easy to forget and dismiss if we don't pay attention to them. You'll be like me looking back in the journal from three years ago and thinking, huh, so I learned that then and I learned it again last week. That's awesome. And we often do have to learn those lessons again and again. So, what can you do to celebrate? Our objectives with celebrating is to spend time soaking the good into our brains. And with some things we want to celebrate, It's also about mining the good stuff for information. We really don't have to do much at all. So for things that you just want to give a bit more airtime to, you might simply think it over. Write about it in your journal. Share with a trusted friend or coach or therapist. All of those are actually good ways to take some time to mine successful experiences for information too. For some things to celebrate, you may want to recognize it in some way, if if that's what's appropriate, by buying yourself flowers or something small to commemorate the change or the growth or the progress. Today, we talked about why you may want to bring a bit more celebration into your life. Something else to celebrate. If you would be interested in working with me one-on-one for your personal growth journey to uncover and pursue what you want for the second half of your life, I have several openings for weekend sessions for new clients in the new year. Schedule a discovery call with me on my website or DM me on Instagram at Stephanie Lee Coaching if you'd like to set one up. And be sure to go to stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash episode 23 and find not only the show notes for this episode, but a worksheet to ask you some questions about ways that you might celebrate and things that you might celebrate. That's stephanieleecoaching.com forward slash episode 23. The link's in the description of whatever app you're watching in or listening on. Thanks for sticking with me through episode 23 of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I do hope you'll join me back here on your favorite podcast player for our next episode. For you, listener, watch, please do like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And if you're enjoying it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to get word out about the show. Have a great week, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Bye.